Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dane Gordon Podcast. So we just hit 1K downloads. Well, actually, more than 1K now. I want to thank everyone who's been a part of this show, anyone who was on, anyone who's listened, any feedback. I just really want to thank you, and I'm so inspired to continue podcasting. And right now, I have an amazing interview for you by Jana Haynes, and she just has just an outstanding story. It's funny, she started out the interview by saying, I don't have a very good testimony. Well, it ended up being just, it, it blew my mind, and I didn't really realize how good the testimony of the story was and how much it impacted me until I was driving home. And it just hit me like this lady's story, the one you're about to hear, absolutely added to my life, changed my life, made me into a better person. And I really hope that it does the same for you and it translates and just enjoy it. And thank you, everyone, once again. And here she is. Hello, Dane. What up? (laughs) Uh, What up? So I wanted to ask you just kind of about yourself and like what you do. Where you're from? What what got you into worship? Being a worship leader at the church. Let's start there. Okay, let's do start there. I have always loved music. It's been a huge part of my life. Took piano lessons for quite a while when I was younger, and I hated it. So parents pulled me out. Thank you, parents. <laughs> Anyhow, but I love music and what it speaks to for my spirit. And when they put me back in piano, got a piano for my twelfth birthday thought it was the coolest thing still have the piano actually just sitting right here where you and I are talking at and um I grew to love music from 12 years old on took for most of high school then went and actually did a year in college and music has just been such a important part of my life and I think it can touch a lot of people and at my church I always just helped played the piano I play the piano for a lot of things funerals yay but being a worship leader is more than that to me it's about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ it's not about a performance it's about the words and what you're singing and how you're touching people and people worshiping our Lord and Savior what are you doing when you're like worshiping what is it uh, going on what's going on if someone didn't understand what worship was they're like an alien from another planet and they came down here and you're like this is what worship is and this is why we do it What's okay. important about it? So I think the most important part of worship is it's something that we can give back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's what's going on inside of us and our heart is speaking out to Jesus Christ in our lives. And for me, when I'm up there singing or when I'm playing the piano, it's so much more than am I hitting the right notes or am I hitting the right harmonies. And the performance side of it should all be stripped away. And it should be about what you are giving to Jesus and you're praising him, you're giving him adoration um, and really just thanking him for what he's done in your life. What are you thanking him for? Salvation. Salvation. What does that mean? To me, salvation is a gift that um, we can receive. It's available to everybody if they'll only ask and... What he's done for us is he's come and taken everything for us um, for the wages of sin is death, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm so grateful that salvation in my life um, was taught at an early age. Now, I think for it happens for everybody at different points in their life. And that's the wonderful thing about God and his word is people can be reached at any point in their life. It doesn't have to be a certain age or a certain thing happen in your life, anybody who calls on the Lord can be saved and he can change your life. And I've seen it happen numerous times. What was your life like, say, like when were you saved? I was saved when I was six years old. Okay. And it's really funny because people are always like, oh, dude, tell me your testimony, you know? And everyone thinks you have Tell to... Tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks you have to have this, like, moment in your life that was, like, huge. And you found mm. this turning point And, man, God swooped down and, like, saved me from the pits of despair. Now, that does happen, right? And yeah. it's so amazing. But for me, it wasn't that. So, you know, you get up and people are, like, asking you, Dude, share your testimony with us. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well... Grew up in a home and went to church and all the things. But God uses everybody's story Mm -hmm. in a different way, in a different manner. 
So your story is written out differently. So for me, I grew up in a Christian home, always heard the scriptures, the gift of salvation. I knew all the things, right? But when I was six years old, I remember my mom was in the laundry room and someone once was like, well, what was the color of the carpet? I'm like, I don't think that's really, you're missing yeah, the point. That's not relevant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but thanks. Cool. So she was in the laundry room and we had come home from church on a Sunday. And I just remember thinking, I'm not a good person. When you're six years um, old? Yeah. Six years old. And <laughs> you're I'm a like, terrible tyrant. I was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was the best, but we can get into that later. No, my siblings and stuff. I hope they listen to this. You can put them out um, there. Warning. Yeah. So I remember going down to the laundry room and telling my mom, I just need to talk to you. Like something's weighing heavy on me. I probably didn't say that when I was six years old. Yeah. Something That's is weighing what it heavy yeah. on me. Hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, all right. We went upstairs and sat on the couch and I was just like, hey, I was thinking about the message today and... I'm, I'm not a good person. Like what he was saying to me, the pastor at that time, and it was a special speaker. It wasn't my dad. And she was like, well, you are a good person. Like you're not missing the boat per se. And what he was speaking about was that we all have a need for a savior in our lives. Yeah. And she was like, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. What the translation was. And when I was six, I didn't, I don't think I understood this fully was we've fallen short and only God's grace and only the salvation of Jesus Christ can give us true freedom, give us salvation for eternity. And so that is how I came to know the Lord. And bless my mom, she can explain things way better than I can. I hope yep. she can teach my kids. Was life like perfect after that? And you're dancing no, through fields? And <laughs> no. And I actually was just thinking... I know for a fact that is when I was saved, and that's when God mm -hmm. saved me. I don't ever feel like after that point I had to search for it again. I never felt like I lost it, or, but I feel like when I was in college, I mean, fast forward all of these years, I knew I was saved, right? Mm -hmm. But when I was in college and was dating my going-to-be husband, I really started searching out more what it meant knew i was saved completely believed in that and believed yeah. childlike faith is a true thing mm -hmm. never doubted it i feel like the understanding of what it means in your life comes over time i don't think it's something even if you get saved later in life i don't think it's something we fully comprehend mm -hmm. until later and i think when i was in college like you know those flashing lights and the sirens were going off for me and I really started saying, wow, like, this is what God did for me. Mm -hmm. And all these years, I've known it and had loved it and the truths of it. I was brought up in it. But I don't think until I was in college, I fully understood the weight of what it meant for my life and the path I was going to take. And just from there on out, I had a deeper understanding of what it was. Okay. Well, what? Okay, so... You get, a, you get a deeper understanding in college. Um, what happens, because a lot of people like think that because of Christians, we, we say things really wrong and we kind of like tell people, you know, you're going to get saved and everything's going to be fine and it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. And a lot of people get turned off from the faith because of that, because it's like, that's not the reality of life. The reality of life is you're going to suffer. You're going to go through things. You're going to like bad things happen. What, what would you give someone like advice or a story or anything on that? What would you tell someone? that thought that way or that became a Christian and then started suffering and then started questioning God? Well, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're exempt from suffering or mm -hmm. from hard times in our life. Um, we're still human beings. We're still living in the same broken world as everybody else. Mm -hmm. So first off, I would never tell anybody it was going to be sunshine and roses. Because, but you've heard that before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's false teaching in yeah. my opinion whole nother podcast for you and yeah, I. Yeah, <laughs> false teaching. Yeah. Get ready. 101. So, I think if I were presenting this to somebody, let's just say. Which you are right now. Okay. <laughs> 1K, yeah. go Dane Gordon. Yeah, yeah. I would say 
be weird, be leery of that. Actually, when somebody is telling you, "Do this, and you'll receive this," mm-hmm. that's not what God's word says about it. And we aren't promised a life free from pain and suffering. If we were, everybody would be running to the gospel. If it was that easy, and it was that sure of a thing that, hey, this will be sunshine, roses, and, you know, million-dollar homes when you're done. But I think it's good for people to know that you can have an eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven without there having to be some sort of kickback, per se. It's not like, do this and you're going to get this, but I will say that um, God will bless your life if you're following him doesn't mean you're exempt from suffering and from hard times I always tell people it's like a thing in my life is life is hard God is good life is going to be hard still but through hardship I've also seen blessings times 40,000 I think for people just to know that the hope of Christ in your life and salvation you will see a difference coming through suffering by having that faith. Yeah, I think I think James says something about that, where it's like suffering creates these different character qualities in your life, and, right. and it, it refines you like gold. I was actually putting something together about that, and I, I think that for me, anytime sufferings happen, it has produced gold. It has produced something good. It has blessed me if I deal with it correctly, if I suffer correctly. I think that's something that, that needs to be taught more, like how do you suffer correctly? How do you get through things correctly? Well... I've talked about on here before, like when I lost my father, I just let myself grieve, let myself mm-hmm. get over it, let myself deal with it. But uh, for a lot of men, uh, I, don't, I don't know about women, but a lot of men, we like to like suppress things and put them down. And, oh, I don't have any feelings. But like I'm right. at the point like it's harder for me to, to let myself cry, to let myself to feel things. So and that like if it's harder, then it takes more courage to do, especially in front of somebody or especially if you're talking. And so um, what do you think about that? What do you think about what I was saying? <laughs> was I listening? No, Were you I listening? Didn't, I was actually. But do, do you um, think it, it, it's produced like like you're saying blessings and good things and good character? Do you think your character is strengthened through it? I think it can be. Yeah. If you allow God to work in your life and you're seeking Him out for just everything, really your source of hope, your daily. Well, how is He your source of hope if you still can experience bad things? Like, how is that, is the source of hope, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, which is, which is death, or is the source of hope a constant source of hope? What does that mean? Well, so for me, I have a Bible verse that I love, and now, let's hope I don't butcher this, but it says, um... Yeah, she's a pastor's kid, let's hear it. We're the worst. (laughs) It says, for I consider the sufferings of this world Mm -hmm. are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed. Sounds like that was the OG Paul, was it? OG, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Romans 8.21. Ooh, Romans 8.28 is pretty 28. good. 28. No, no, that's 8, not 28? it. That's not it, but there's one that, Romans 8.28, I don't know. I don't remember Romans Don't quote me. Don't quote <laughs> me on this, but yeah, um, that's, that's a good one. So I think if, you are, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you don't see this. Mm-hmm. You don't get it mentally. And that sounds very harsh, but you really don't know the benefits of having the hope unless you have found salvation because you're not looking for it. You're not seeing it in your own life um, when suffering comes or you've had a bad day. It doesn't even have to be like catastrophe after catastrophe. It could just be like, man, I'm having a really bad day, but you can find joy and goodness in all circumstances if we just allow it. How do you find joy and goodness when you feel that way? Besides, like, just, like, like how do you... Personally? Go, yeah, if you're going through a bad day, you probably had one recently or whatever. I don't know. I've had a few bad days, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't we all? Yeah, think? absolutely. For me, in this, I do thank my parents for. My dad is really positive. So is my mom, don't get me wrong. But my dad's always just, like, jolly, go happy, go get them, let's roll. And so I grew up with that kind of attitude first of like, yeah, we could sit on our couch and wallow in our sorrow, or we could just get up and be like, let's roll. Let's do this thing. I like the word lament. We could lament. Yeah, we could lament and just be like, 
oh, and have like Cheetos and brownies and watch Netflix. And although I do want to do that sometimes, that like fun. it didn't sound bad. There's a time and a place. It. Do yeah. you want to go do that right now? Uh-huh. Let's do. <laughs> so anyways, I think you can, it's a choice you can make. And for me, although it's not always easy, I just, sometimes I'm like, oh man, could this get any worse? You know, like for instance, this is going to be silly, but we had like hockey plans this weekend and everything kept getting changed. Friday, Saturday, different schedule. No, now we're not having it. Now we are having it. So silly, right? Mm -hmm. The stupidest little thing. But I was like, man, this is really wrecking with, like, what I need to do this weekend. I need to know. Are we doing it or are we not doing it? And then last night, my husband and I were talking. And I'm like, we can choose to let this, like, wreck us for the next day just because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Something so easy, you would think. Or we can just choose to be like, all right, let's roll. Here's our weekend. Here's our days. This is the schedule. Nothing we do is going to change the outcome. As much as I want to control the situation, I think I can just mentally turn it around in my head and make it positive. I actually think everybody can if you choose to. Um, so for me, there's a simple side to it, and that is just making the choice. And it's not easy, you know, at all. Like yeah. when I'm like, I should work out, and then I don't at all. Have you been working <laughs> so, out? <laughs> what? Yeah. Another podcast. We're going to have a lot of these. I think it can just be as simple as making a choice. Mm -hmm. Now, I think if you add God to the equation, now everybody listening has Jesus Christ in their life, right? Let's just say. I think adding that to the equation in God's plan in my life and what he has chosen and laid out ahead of me, so you have to believe this in Mm -hmm. order to understand what I'm saying, and... I think every day you can choose to trust that, hey, I'm waking up. This day's going to be awesome. And whatever comes at me, God already knew about. Thing yep. number one. Thing number two, it's a choice for my reaction. So mm-hmm. I can choose to roll with it, rock it, or I can choose to just pull my car on the side of the road and cry, which isn't a bad option sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like for the listeners, yeah. Like I'm not just saying there can never be emotion because there there should be. But I think it's a choice in our lives are pathed out for us. We don't know them, I think is a great thing. And it can be just a daily decision for people. A minute by minute to decision get up even. And go. I think that's really good. So you are a mother. How many kids do you have? Too many. Too many? Just kidding. I have four kids and it's awesome. Yes. And I want to talk about that because like a lot of today's propaganda, basically, essentially, motherhood's not a good thing anymore. Like it's not, you need to go for your career. You need to go do this. You need to go to college. You need to do all these things. And motherhood's at the back burner and, you know, abortion and all this crazy stuff. What is the, what has been the benefit of being a mother? Like tell us about that. I mean, all the things are benefits because Mm -hmm. they're growing me as a person. So I have four kids, one son and three girls. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've seen it. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's a lot sometimes, but it's great, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So I have a strong opinion on this. I want to hear it. Okay. That's what I was asking. Let's do this. I set you up for the for the. Great. Yeah. (laughs) I hope it's the right answer. So I went to college, right? Okay, so started out in music education. Mm -hmm. Loved every minute of college because I'm very social. Wasn't always great when I had a paper due and I just wanted to be social. Just wanted to talk to everybody. If anybody wants more advice on that. Went to college, music education. But what's really funny about that is my entire life I wanted to be a nurse. My grandma was a nurse. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to nursing school. Bam, boom. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I told people. And then senior in high school decided, you know what? I really have this love for music and I'm pretty good at it. Or so I thought I was. Then you get to school and you're like, wow, there's a whole new world out here. Thanks. (laughs) You're at the bottom of the Like small little Cody, Wyoming. And then I'm like, oh, so other people can play the piano too. Cool. (laughs) So switch my... Entire life, I said I was going to be a nurse, switch it to being music education. Went to school in that for a year, loved every single minute of it. In my second year in college, transferred to nursing school. Got accepted into nursing school, 
went and started at a school in Wisconsin. It was a Bible college, actually, so you took Bible classes and your degree at the same time. And then, insert getting engaged when I was 20 years old. Okay. Right. This is all coming back to motherhood, I promise. I'm oh, yeah. staying on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're, so, you're engaged and then okay. you get pregnant, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yes. Yeah. See, how do you know these things? <laughs> wow, life just happened. Yeah. So, did ask, talk to my parents because obviously by then I'm 19 or 20. I may have been 19. And I respect their opinions on my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm an adult now, but I really do care about what they think. And I mean, they're helping me through college and. I came home, talked to them. And at this point, Dan, who was my boyfriend, I... What a great name. I know. <laughs> Dan, Dane, you know, yeah. add a letter. Okay. Right. So I came home. He was actually working here. He was here with my family and I wasn't. Oh, wow. So he was doing an internship with youth at our church at the time. He had to do one for school. He was in missions aviation and he had to pick somewhere to go do an internship. So he came here, and I was back at school in Wisconsin. So he's, like, hanging out with my family, getting yeah. to know them. And I come home for summer break, and I'm like, I think for a nursing degree, I can just transfer to Northwest College. Okay. It's a two-year program. I'll be done. I'll be here with you guys. It's cheaper. Dan's here. Just makes sense. They totally supported me in it. So I start taking classes online there, get engaged. Still taking classes online, get married, insert your advice. You get pregnant. Get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that? That is how yeah. that happens. Okay. The Immaculate Conception. Yes. This is also <laughs> a podcast on that. So yeah. anyhow, get pregnant. Weren't planning on it, which yeah. I think that happens a lot. Anyhow, I'm like, no, you know what? I I just do want to be a mother. I always knew I was going to be a mom. There was no doubt in my mind about that. And so I stepped back. So this was 14 years ago. I've never finished my nursing degree. So you're 35 right now. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said being 35 was 14. No. Well, (laughs) I'm 49. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do the math. Fast forward. Okay. To a lot of life happened through there. Yeah. But I'm getting back to your question on motherhood, so I don't get off track this is on track it's your story that's what we're really trying to hear so get pregnant have jackson it's awesome all i want to do is be a mom and dan completely supports me in that 100 percent. he's like you know at any point in your life you can go back to school but here is where it gets the rubber meets the road the world that we live in puts these horrible standards on us of like Oh, you didn't finish? Oh, you're a failure. Oh, you're just going to be a mom. And like you said, I think it is getting worse Mm -hmm. now. I would never, like, degrade somebody whose desire is to go to school and finish and have a career. I also think that path is so wonderful. But for some people, that isn't it. And it took me a while, actually, to kind of let go of that. I don't even know what the right word is because I'm on a podcast and I can't think about it. But it took me the stigma of not finishing school. It took me a while to let that roll off. People were telling you things like Yeah, "Yeah." or like, oh, you've had your baby. When are you going back? Well, then I would take classes here and there. And I just felt like I was always trying for something. But it was never the right time in my Mm -hmm. life. And finally... I'm not even sure what it was, but thank you, Lord, for allowing it to happen. I was like, I can let the world tell me how bad I am for not finishing and not doing A, B, C, and D, and I'll never equate to anything. Or I can just own what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. which is being a mom and loving my kids and investing in their lives, which I think is super important. I think God's word... um, instructs us in being parents and it is our job and we had kids so we can't just throw it by the wayside so it was like you know the light bulb moment that everyone talks about and I was just like I don't care that sounds really like worthless like I don't 
Well, you don't care what everyone thinks yeah, about it. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, for me, I'm so confident in what I'm doing that if motherhood is going to be it for me, it's enough. So, um, you know, have another kid pretty quickly. Like we didn't realize the first time what was happening. Yeah. Let's oh, have another one in 16 months. Yeah. yeah. We're good at this. Yeah. So, just so we know, like things are working. So have another kid in 16 months, like my first two are 16 months apart. And now that they're older, I wouldn't change that for the world. It was a little tricky at first, both under two, but it's the best thing. So had the two kids still kind of thinking about school, but at this point I've let it go. I'm like, maybe a good way to say it is a degree doesn't define who I am. So if, I've met plenty of idiots with degrees. Right. So. Yeah. And it can be a great thing. And I'm always very cautious on this topic just because I know a lot of people who are successful mm. and, and friends of mine, women, yep. you know, mothers, they're doing what I am too, plus something. But it took me a couple years to just be like, uh, no, that, that doesn't define you or me being better than each other can just be each other's best supporters is what it can be. So motherhood to me is super important and something I would never take lightly. And if it's all I ever did in my life, which some days I wish it was all I ever did (laughs) now, I'm like, can we go back to the 16 month apart time with my kids and have that time? Because I was, I did have more time then. So I think I'm answering your question and saying that motherhood is so important to me and I just had to accept for myself it is enough if I never did anything else. In the end of my life, if I'm on my deathbed, which I hope is like on my bed or my couch. Yeah, (laughs) eating Cheetos. Cheetos, watching Netflix, you know, that whole thing comes full circle. Um, I hope that in those final days, I don't think people are going to be saying, whoa, like she was such an awesome nurse and had the best career and she was so cool. Well, I actually do hope they say that. People might say you're cool. Put a plug in. Yeah. (laughs) But I think in the end of life, you realize what's important and that would be Wow, I'm getting all emotional in your podcast. That's good. You might be the <laughs> um, second person to cry. I was the first. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Yeah. Um, and you have like the shaky voice. This is going to be fun for your followers. Right. So in the end of life, I hope that my kids are just surrounding me and loving Jesus. And that's what matters. Absolutely. So... I think that it should not define who we are Mm -hmm. based on our position in the world. Because whose standards is that? The world's. It's the world's. And um, the standards I want to live by are the ones that I map out with my husband and... um, what God has planned for me and where he's leading me. And uh, I can tell you right now at the age of 35, uh, nursing isn't happening. I've nursed four babies. So yeah. maybe, you know, I mean, I've you taken care of some yeah. babies. Yeah. yeah. Um, a life degree in nursing. Yeah, exactly. So, and while I think that that would have been cool, I love the choices I've made leading up to that. And, I think in the end of life, what's going to be important is that and not um, all the other things I've done. While I think that's amazing and that is so awesome, for me personally, this is what matters. And, And I think it's what it should. And I think that like motherhood and fatherhood are something that's so devaluated in, in, in our society right now. And I think they need to be like elevated again. And, and like, even if you did a great thing in the world. And, and for me, people ask, someone asked me their day, they're like, well, what do you want to do with your life? I'm 32. I don't have kids. Been married once for like a month. 
And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, what I want to do is I want to have a family. I want to be a father. I want to, I want to raise children and, and whatever else I'm doing. I don't care. You know, I just, I, I want right. that. And, and luckily I didn't have it before because I was a huge knucklehead and I would have probably ruined some lives, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so God has blessed me with not having children yet, but that's like, that's my highest ambition. And I think that we need to, we need to make that cool again, you know, make being mom. Well, it's. I'm bringing it back. Bring so, it back. Yeah, here we're, it comes. We're going to do a campaign. Daycare, and I'm going to send them to school, mm-hmm. and then they wake up, and their children hate them, or, or they don't they don't even know who their kids are. The kids don't know the mom, and they have all mm-hmm. this, like, this bitterness, and it's like, well, it's because you didn't raise them, because you didn't do anything with them. And it's an important role, for sure, and one that shouldn't be taken lightly, and I think parents... Sometimes I'm like, is it mothers? But no, it's a mom and a dad. Both have such a significant role in their kids' lives in shaping and molding who they can become mm-hmm. for greatness. Um, it is the greatest job in the world. So I think it should be on the comeback. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Let's should, do it. I'm going to make a back. t-shirt yeah. or a sweatshirt. Make being moms great again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Motherhood, make yeah. it great again. I don't know. We're going to think of a slogan. Yeah, I, I really think so. And I think that's why, you know. There's so no... I was doing it before it was cool, apparently. You're bringing Maybe it back. Maybe not. <laughs> I have a lot of good friends in the community here who are some pretty dang amazing moms. That's Love awesome. It. What do you think a, a, a man's, like a father's responsibility is, like just in like a nutshell? How much time do we have? As much time as you want. But I have four kids. You have to pick yeah. up your kids soon. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> you we have to be a mother. this in really quick yeah. here. So, man, dads play such an important role in their kids' lives. And I think for dads, and you touched on this at the beginning of the podcast a little bit about, like, you know, guys are cool and don't want to share their emotions or whatever you were yeah. saying, I think. Um, I think men have a harder time realizing the importance of the role that they have. And for me, it's so important in sons and daughters' lives for them to have a dad who is being a leader spiritually, you know, teaching them life. I think about my husband, Miles, and he's super handy. Like, something goes wrong, he's fixing it. And I'm like, huh, ding, 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 where did that come from? He's taught it from a parent in which I'm so thankful for that he had that influence on his life and I had that in my life I mean for us okay us Robinsons aren't the best fixers like the Haynes family for us it was my dad just constantly we were sports family like everybody played something basketball baseball volleyball football you name it we were playing it and our dad was out there doing it with us And I think the most important part, and I'm really shooting from the hip here. Shoot from the hip. Extemporaneous. Is presence. Not presence, just your presence in your kids' lives showing up on the daily. Not being like checking your watch, checking your phone. Oh, I just, I'm sorry, son, I can't fit that in today. That is going to happen. Our lives get busy. I mean, Last night, Jackson wanted me to play knee hockey, which I'm like, dude, I might not make it up if I play knee hockey anymore. (laughs) I'm not 22 anymore. So I didn't have time. I was putting Hadley to bed. It was 8.30, and I was just like, Jackson, I really can't play with you right now. It happens, right? And you don't go have all this guilt about it when you can't play floor hockey before bed. But I think that there should be times... When we as parents, I know you asked me about dad specifically, but showing up is what it's all about. It's being there and being present and teaching them the things in life that are important. Um, God's word being the most important. And then um, life, how to handle things when they come your way so that we're not sending out little stress balls into the world. Um, Just... Allowing them to see how we react to situations. And, I mean, kids are watching. Everybody's always like, oh, they're watching and you don't know it. 
They really are. So we are the greatest example to our kids. Um, but it's a goes back to that whole daily choice thing I was talking about. It's a daily decision for us on our actions and how we speak to them and how we interact. And I think because dads typically are the leader in the home and if they're not, we need to bring that back too. Make men leaders. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many good t-shirts yeah, coming right? out of this. Um, so should be the leader in the home. And I think for them being present and just showing up for their kids and the knowledge that kids will learn from them just being available is everything. What is, you said leader and, and you know, that's, that's controversial now because everything is, um, what does that look like for a man and a woman? Like a man is a leader and then woman is what, what is that? Like, how does that, how does that dynamic work? You know, it's not like to me, I'll explain it in my, in my way. I think a man is supposed to be a leader of a family. A man is supposed to lead the community. A man is supposed to lead these things. And that doesn't mean like I have to be someone worthy of people following, worthy of, of, of a woman who wants to get my back, worthy of like, like, it doesn't mean like this is how it is and this is how it's going to be. It's like, hey, here's a decision we have to make and we make it. And, and that's what being a leader is about, you know, and, and showing them, like you said, be present and show them how to live by living that way. It doesn't, it doesn't mean like this is, this is the law, you know, what do you think about that? Again, I'm ashamed we have now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so this is tricky because I am super independent mm. to a fault, okay. actually. So if we're talking about my faults right here, this is it. So I think it depends on the couple, but for me and... I've been blessed twice now, which is getting into a whole nother story of my life. But um, in having leaders, and for me, it's hard though because, like I said, I'm independent to a fault, and I'm like, uh, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> like, um, and that has been something we've had to work on. So I think being a team, and um, I mean, communication is so big. Um, and this could go like 40 different ways right now in my head, but if I'm not communicating with my spouse, things go bad real fast. And it's not even bad. Like, Oh, we're heading to the divorce. You know, it's just like stuff on the daily. If we're not communicating about it, it becomes something big. And if we're communicating, I'm able to let him lead by being his helpmate and being there for him. And I'm so blessed that um, Miles and I talk about everything. Um, at the start of our relationship, it was one of the things I loved the most is because we could just talk about everything under the sun. And I think having a core relationship allows you as a woman when you're wanting to just be fiercely independent mm -hmm. um, you know where they're at and they know where you're at and it allows them to be able to lead in a way that they also look to you for help and advice because they know you're not going to just be like uh, dumb not doing that you idiot which that's happened okay I'm not lying so but that's just marriage yeah. so I think it's just so important in what it looks like for me is having a relationship where him and I can communicate about our family and our life and the schedule and our finances and spiritual sides of it, physical sides of it. All of it comes down to the two of you having such a strong relationship that Nobody has to be over the other person. Like, I'm the leader. I'm on yeah. the top of the tower. Ha, hear me roar. It can be a two-way street of I respect you and you respect me. And there's going to be times that we just really disagree. And that happens because you're married and you're human. So I think in order for me, the independent one, to allow Miles to lead... I just have to know that we're going to discuss things and we're mm -hmm. going to talk about it. And 
I'm not just going to get run over by the bus. It's a two-way street, and then that can happen easily. So you said that um, that God blessed you twice with two men. What is what is that? What does that mean? Like you were you were divorced, or what happened? Okay, so got married when I was really young, yeah. as I stated already, and then we figured out how to have babies pretty quickly. So. Got married when I was 20, Mm -hmm. and I'm just now, looking back, I'm like, what were my parents thinking? Let me get married at 20. But probably just attributes to their parenting and their trust in me and feeling like I was mature enough to handle that. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't trade that part of my life at all how any of that happened and I know we talked about God's plan for your life and what he has laid out in his sovereignty that we don't even know years ahead of us and prior and so for me no I was not divorced um I was married when I was 20 had three kids with Dan met him and college and was like bam boom I'm marrying this guy like yeah, yeah he knew it. and he was six years older than me right oh, wow. so scandalous I know <laughs> so he was graduating college and I was a freshman he had sat out for two years and came back so here I am like a little freshman coming into school all cool you know and we get introduced through my roommate we quickly realized we have a lot in common. Hitting it off. First time I ever met him, we're taking my car up to go do some service work at a church. It's like a four-hour car ride, right? And my roommate and her friend were in the back of the car. Dan and I are in the front. And they're like, it's like you guys didn't even know we were there. Just hitting it off. Easiest guy I've ever talked to. So... Hit it off. He calls his family. I call my family. Boom, bang. I don't know. Oh, let me think of the time frame here. Probably doesn't matter, but like a year later, we're engaged, right? Just hit it off. And married, have babies really quickly. Three of them. We have a little gap between the second and the third. There's like three years between McKinley and Emma. And, um... When Emma is seven months old, Dan passes away unexpectedly. And this goes back to me talking about God's plan in our life and the sufferings that we're going to go through um, are things you cannot plan. And I was 27 years old, had three kids. And everything in my life, I feel like, always comes full circle back to my faith. And I'm so grateful for it. But I think back to me always trying and trying and trying to finish school. We talked about that earlier in the stigma that the world puts on you for being enough and being better and being greater. And I'm like, dang you, world, because I would not have had the best seven years of my life with Dan and my three kids had I have chosen a different path. And I thank God all the time for that plan in my life because I had no idea when I had McKinley and decided to stop, like, chasing the dream, you know, um, and just realize that, it was enough for me to just be a mom. And looking back, I think, thank you. Um, Because we had the best seven years. We had three wonderful kids. And um, Dan passed away doing what he loved, which was snowmobiling (laughs) in the Bighorns. And um, it was January 1st. 2014 and I'm always just because I try to make things funny even though death and losing your husband is not funny at all but again you can choose joy um 
and Dan would have wanted me to choose joy. Um, I, so I'm always like, well, thank you, Lord, for giving me the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, well, that is nice that yeah. I didn't have, I could have the whole year to process. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, let's, let's try to find joy in our hearts. And I remember like the first day, I mean, you have 40 million things running through your head. Should have brought Kleenex to the podcast next time. So you get to see all this greatness right here. Upgrade my studio <laughs> yeah. with some Kleenex. Like the sleeve is good. But I just am so, and I now I lost track. Well, uh, you said it was a, he gave you the greatest seven years. Oh, yeah. So I just am so thankful for how everything happened and I could not have got through losing my husband without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then second to that is having the family that Mm -hmm. I have, which this whole podcast is going back full circle to parents and being present, being there. I had no doubt in my mind that my parents, I have three brothers, they're all amazing, they're spouses. Everybody was present in my life all the time. And God's presence, my family's presence, Dan's family is unbelievable um, and continues to be so to this day. And there are just things in my life that leading up to his death, I'm like, man, God, thank you. Like, you were taking care of me before you were setting me up for the greatest success, knowing that this was going to happen in my life. And I just think if people knew how greatly I've been blessed and what my faith has done, for me through losing Dan and it wasn't easy. I had a five-year-old who loved his dad a lot. Um, cool story there. I'll break off in a second. Um, I had a four-year-old and a seven-month-old and I remember driving through the Bighorns. I had to go to Sheridan. Didn't know if he was gone yet or not. Driving through a snowstorm, icy roads over the mountains with my parents, my seven-month-old baby. Luckily, have so much family in town. They came and snagged the other two for me. And I feel like I knew in my heart the second my dad called me and told me I was sitting in the peak the Pizza Hut parking lot (laughs) and I knew it was 136 because you remember these moments in your life and I feel like in the Pizza Hut parking lot I feel like God gave me the greatest peace of knowing that I lost my husband even though we actually didn't know yet they were like he's being rushed by ambulance but they had to come up from Sheridan to the top of the Bighorns which is a good hour in the winter, you know, it's not looking good. Um, you need to head there as soon as you can. So we did and got hopped in the car driving over the big horns and grief is washing over me because I don't know. And at the same time, the greatest peace of knowing whatever the outcome God's in control of my life and I trust him in that which is a huge part and I know that no matter the outcome God's name is going to be praised and just driving over all the way to Sheridan I just had the greatest peace and I I really can't explain it um we get over there and immediately you know 
he didn't make it, you, you're going to meet at the, at the coroner's office and don't even go to the hospital. He's already been taken to the funeral home and um, go there and they ask if I want to see him. Of course I do. We're talking, it's only been two hours since he spoke his last word. And I get in there, my mom, my dad, me, my seven-month-old baby, and all I can think to do is pray. And I just, my dad was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be alone? What can we do? And I'm like, honestly, Dad, I don't know how to say it other than I really just want to thank God right now for the time that I had. And I'm just so grateful. I would never change any part of those seven years was nine from start to finish but um the seven years of marriage and the awesome kids I have and the story of our lives and God's graciousness through suffering and I don't know how people do it without faith when somebody asks me how do you do it you were so strong you were so and I'm like well there were nights I wasn't believe me yeah I don't think you can lose somebody and just be like, oh, good. Well, that went well, you know? So I think it went as well as it could, but there are nights of grief and crying, and I would just, like, put on headphones and listen to music for hours straight just to get me through the night. And every time somebody asks me about losing Dan... I can't not say, I can't not tell them about Jesus Christ because I would have been lost and all the signs just pointed straight to God's sovereignty for yeah. that plan. And um, I'm grateful for it. I can't say that it was easy because it wasn't. It was super hard and I just said, all right, here we go. And I kept telling people, well, I just have a new normal to find. That was what I had, and I loved it, and I'm so thankful for it. And now we have a new normal, and we're going to just roll. I'm not, I'm going to grieve, and I'm going to go through the process, and you do, and you're always that person's widow, like I am Dan's widow. Mm -hmm. And as you know, because I've talked about Miles already, I'm happily remarried to someone as awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Lord, twice. Yeah. Like, literally, some people don't even get married once and find the person they're supposed to be with, right? Twice. That's crazy. I'm like, thank you. Um, and so now, <laughs> fast forward, uh, since I like to be funny, I married the funeral director. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's crazy. Like, I didn't is know there that. a segue there that yeah. I could yeah. have done a little smoother? But no. <laughs> See? And I'm like, come on, like, shout out to Hallmark right here or yeah. somebody, Lifetime. Like, pick the story up, man. This is a movie. Right? <laughs> right? That's like, crazy. dream life happening, husband passes away, insert funeral director wearing right. the suit and the coat and the tie helping the widow grieve right but that really isn't how it happened yeah. <laughs> but everyone's always like so you married the funeral director yeah like i did but it didn't just like bing bang happen like you're thinking yeah like i saw him at my husband's funeral and was like oh dang okay what up <laughs> yeah oh boy I'm single now yeah All the single ladies you oh know. that's terrible <laughs> okay so but here's the thing yeah. i'm choosing joy yeah right absolutely i am choosing to find the silver lining per yeah. se um in the cards that have been dealt to me i miss dan every single day and i always will and i have kids 
that remind me of him when I look into their eyes. It's not like I'm discrediting that. I'm just choosing to move on and roll and have joy. Because what will it do if I'm doing the Netflix and the Cheetos? Other than probably pack a few pounds on, which does happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, insert funeral director. No, so I knew Miles before. Dan actually knew Miles, too. Because... I play piano at a lot of funerals. So yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't have a piano player? They call me up. I'm like, sure, great. I'm happy to do it for somebody who's lost a loved one. Totally. If I can be a blessing to somebody in that time, sign me up. So I knew Miles. Dan knew Miles. Um, and interesting how God works is Miles loves snowmobiling. Dan loves snowmobiling. I had said that. He's from, Dan was from Canada. So, like, snow is their life. Snow yeah. and ice. So, Miles just kind of kept coming around and offered to help and just really is one of the kindest guys I've ever known. Just wiping boogers here. Sorry about that. <laughs> to all you listeners out there. Yeah, booger wiping is in session. Kleenex next podcast. Right, right. <laughs> with me. Yeah. Um, so, he just kept offering to help. Like, he was so nice and and people are like, oh yeah, sure, he was offering to help. But I'm like, no, he truly was. Like, he came and helped my dad set up a... Um, like swing set for my kids and just nothing like no didn't make it weird between us wasn't like hitting on me just truly wanted to help somebody who was grieving and from there we just had a relationship like he was you know coming to family things and he already had attended our church so I knew him from there and the relationship just naturally progressed and God is so good he knew exactly what I needed and I tell people this all the time it just blows my mind Dan and Miles are opposites like Dan was hysterical and like we were always trying to like one up each other with our jokes like we were so funny together and Miles is like calm and chill and I'm always like, when we were dating, like, I think my kids could have been, like, throwing footballs at his head, and he would have just been like, okay, this is so fun, guys, you know? <laughs> like, crazy. I love this. Um, but God brought me twice exactly what I needed. That's awesome. Um, which was the opposite. Which, is which was the opposite, yeah. yeah. And honestly, I think that's great um, how he chose to take care of me that way. And... Miles is amazing with the kids. He had never been married, had no kids, and he's just rocking it, you know? And he's jumped into a very large position. And I'm so grateful for him and the patience that he had with me because I had been on my own for a little while and uh, not yeah. happening. Like, I got this. I can roll with these three kids just fine. So he came into a lot and um, dealt with it very well. So that's the story of having two husbands, <laughs> but not at the same time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That is another thing. <laughs> that, that was that was crazy. That was an, an amazing story. And uh, I want to ask you one more question before we we break up and you go be a good mother and, and pick your kids up. Right. Um, what would you, if you were to talk to maybe like a younger version of yourself or maybe just someone younger, what would be your advice to them? Like if you could just wrap it up and be like, this is what, this is my parting gift to my younger self. What All right. You, what would you say? Okay. Parting gift. Yeah. Love this. Um, also I'm a gift giver. Like my love language is gift giving. So oh, I'm awesome. giving the gift. Here's the gift. Bam. Yeah. Um, to my younger self, I would say to more easily accept who you are and just own it. Don't question all the what ifs in life and the, am I not good enough? Why are people looking at me like this? Just having the confidence to be who you are mm -hmm. and knowing Jesus is so important. If I could uh, bark that home a little bit more in my life, I would say just owning who you are, knowing Jesus 
deeply, not just on a surface level, and then being the best. Be the best at what you think you're called to do. Awesome. Well, I think this was great, and I, I really, really enjoyed this interview, and I hope that we can do a part two soon. We both have really busy lives. But uh, if you like this episode, go ahead and check it out on Apple. Give it a five-star rating, and I'll read your review in the next episode. And if you have any questions or any uh, – if, th- if this helped you out at all, let me know about it, and that'll be it. Thank you, Jenna. Yeah.